0: This is Reset and can be found at mccabe.io. I'll be talking about anything that plugs in or takes batteries, mostly home automation, networking, home storage, and I'll be bringing some friends along. Reset was inspired by a bent paperclip that's sat on my desk for years. It reminds me that no matter how much we mess something up, there's usually a reset button. Let's get started. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Reset. It's episode number 41. I'm your host, David McCabe. You can find me on Twitter, twitter.io. Twitter.io? No, it's twitter.com slash mccabe.io. <laughs> and then you can uh, uh, find me over at reset.fm. Don't forget those forums, resetforums.com, formerly show.com, I need to do the forward on that domain. It's time. It is time to do the forward on all the uh, the 301s to get that done. It's just, I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it when I made all the changes last year. So it's time to do it now, don't you think? Let's get that going. Okay, resetforums.com. We are over there talking pretty much everything you're going to hear on this podcast. Lots of tech, lots of trending tech news, but... Got a special for you. I'm going to go over my Netgear notes from CES. A lot of good things coming out of Netgear, and I would like to discuss it with you. I do have some news for you, and at the end of the show, I'm going to discuss what I've been doing in the mining space. And that's not just Bitcoin, but it's also hard drive mining. All of my property that I've acquired in the, in the last month on uh, testing out all of that good stuff. And I'll save that for the end of the show. So you can get all the good stuff first if you don't like all that talk. But if you do like that talk, then bonus. We're talking hardware at the end. You, you may be interested anyway. I mean, we're talking uh, new MOBOs, power supplies, cases, and all kinds of good stuff. So we will definitely talk about that. So real quickly, before we get started, I want you to go to, remember this URL, reset.fm slash coin. Now that is going to forward you to one of my new favorite things to do, and that is collect JSE coin. Now that's called JavaScript coin, and it is a cryptocurrency that has yet to be published on an exchange, meaning monetized. It is simply right now, it's something to collect in hopes of future opportunity the thing you can do is you can mine it in a browser window that's all you have to do and i open my browser window every morning and mine and uh, sometimes i refresh it but it has earned me a couple of coins now they're targeting one jse coin per one us dollar so it's one-to-one, but you'll never know until it hits the exchange, which is supposed to be this spring. Now, it's talked about a lot in the Reset forums. You can go read more there, but you should just go to reset.fm slash coin, sign up, I get a little bonus, you get a little bonus, and we can all be I don't know what we're earning, but hey, it's something, it's fun, join in, and we can talk about it there in Reset Forms, so head out and do that for me, reset.fm slash coin. Let's talk news. First of all, I do not know how this could ever happen, but I have been running with the Pixel Book. For a month now and maybe it's been longer than a month but it's been quite some time and I love the freaking pixel book <laughs> now if you don't know what that is that is google's chromebook right it's that surface pro from microsoft like super uber edition right they created the surface for other manufacturers to look at it's google saying hey Here's what you can do. You can make nice hardware out of a Chromebook. I know you've probably seen a Chromebook here and there and they're $100, $300 for a good one, you know. They're seemed or they're portrayed to be a little less expensive than your other other you know, laptops and mobile items. And they are. They should be. They run a browser. That's it. They just run the Chrome browser, a couple of apps, but now you can run Android apps inside of the Chromebook. Now, it's not perfect, but it works. I do it. The Chromebook Pixel, or Pixelbook, has a keyboard that you can fold over and use it as a ginormous 12-inch tablet, which I find really cool. Gaming and stuff like, you know, very productive stuff, Dave. Very productive. I am surprised that I'm using it quite as much, and it would be perfect as a daily driver. But I like to do a couple of other things on like a MacBook or a laptop or a desktop, right? Just some high-powered, you know, Windows executables, some uh, Mac executables, uh, software packages. But the Chromebook is catching up. I mean, it is really catching up, and I am super impressed. Hey, if I can't do it on the Pixelbook, I just remote desktop into one of my you know bigger machines and do it that way. It's it's really an amazing device. I, re- I don't know why I'm telling you that, but I've had one under review for a month, and I love the thing. It's my daily driver, and when I tweeted and first posted about this, you guys said it wouldn't happen. Now, I'm still struggling on video editing and things like that, but it's a very worthy device. I am really enjoying it. Now, keeping with the Google thing, FI, Project FI, is that Google mobile MVNO service, right? It combines T-Mobile, it combines Sprint, and U.S. Cellular it has announced an unlimited account for Project Fi. Now, it's not truly unlimited, but it does offer you an option now. Let's take a look at some details here. So as you may have heard, Project Fi is great for like a single phone user that is light on the data. If you're a Wi-Fi guy, if you're at home, at work, most of the time, And you don't stream music and stream video while mobile. Perfect for you. It's $20 for unlimited uh, calls and texts. That's the base account. And then $10 per gigabyte. You only pay for what you use. It's pretty much refundable. It doesn't roll over. But say you use a gigabyte and then you roll into your next gigabyte. Google charges you that $10. At the end of your planned month. If you've only used half of it, Google refunds you back five bucks, so it works out pretty well that way. I like it like that because I've started to use less and less data. I held on to that unlimited uh, plan from Verizon like by the skin of my teeth, right? I did not want to let that go, but I I like being on Fi and having that available to me. So, ten dollars per gigabyte is going to be expensive if you get upwards into, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 gigabytes. It's going to be crazy money where some of you guys stream and stream and stream and that's your thing. That's cool. Go for it. And you're getting unlimited plans cheaper from those folks like T-Mobile and even Verizon's got uh, some very high data plans that are, I mean, 20 gig. That's pretty much unlimited to me. I'm never going to hit. 20 gig. But I know some of you guys can do that. So Google's calling this bill protection. So it kicks in at six gigabytes. So you pretty much pay what you would pay for the other guys. I guess 80 bucks, right, for your plan. But then it goes into free data. So you use six gigabytes. You pay for That six gigabytes at $10 each. It goes into, after you get there, it's free data up until 15 gigabytes. So if you could do lower than 15, more than six, your plan is 80 bucks, right? Now, if you get over 15, they're going to slow you down. I think that's the same way when you get over like 2022 in some of those other plans, they're going to slow you down. That's the man's way of saying you've used too much stop doing that there's no upfront data charges you no longer have to pay in advance like i told you uh earlier for the gig so i paid ten dollars for the gig and then got five dollars refunded you don't do that anymore so calls and texts are still 20 bucks up front and you don't it's really cool because there's an app and that app is just fantastic now i know the other guys have improved their app as well but this thing is so simple. It's like devices, usage, and settings. Three tabs, and it's got everything you need right there in front of you. It's fantastic to manage your account. You can get data alerts. You can get all kinds of cool stuff on your Project Fi account. And I even traded in my old Pixel phone and got 350 bucks in credits. I haven't paid a bill in forever because I got that $350 in credit. And you can add tablet SIMs. You can add a tablet SIM for free. I need to check into that. So if you just pay 80 bucks, you could just crank that data like a mad person, a mad family on the tablets, right? Tablets in the car. What if you could share. Get a SIM to share the data in the car and just... Soak Google for some data. still be $80 a month. And if you went over $15, then your phone's going to get throttled. So maybe you don't want to do that. But you can also add members. You can add a member to your account and pay $20 base for that account. Now, it gets messy after you do that because it's not 15 gigabytes anymore. If you add a member, then it's going to start... There's a lot of numbers going to start coming at you. Bill protection for the group kicks in at 10 gigabytes instead of six gigabytes. So, pretty much, that says your plan is now, your data plan is now 100, right? Oh, and I said it was $20 for that extra person. You paid $15. So, gosh, there's math. I hate it when podcasts have math. Let's, so your first guy is $20, your first phone, your second phone. Is fifteen dollars, and then the unlimited kicks in at ten gigabytes, which is a hundred. So you're at one hundred and thirty-five dollars for two people. At what you know unlimited, right? Let's see if there's any. Let's see if there's any fine print on this. All right, Google's got a table on their website. Just Google it. That's what you say. Google is your friend, right? So an individual max. Maximum cost for your bill protection, unlimited quote-unquote plan, $80. Two members is $135. Three people, $170. 4 205 I mean, you're getting into AT&T and Verizon costs here. But it's an option that people wanted in Fi, and they're finally getting it. So, I mean, it's always been for the data sipper. But now there's a there's an option for, you know, those guys that just use data like it's growing on trees. Okay, news alert. It says data speeds with bill protection. When someone on your plan uses 15 gigs of data, their data speeds will get slowed to 256 kilobits per second until the next cycle. All other members will get full data speeds until they each use 15 gigabytes of data. So this makes it sound like each member of the group plan has their own data pool Uh, that was that's news to me i may have to there says contact a project fi expert i may really have to dig into this to make sure i'm i'm i know what i'm doing here because you know i we're about to add the kids you know there's going to be a year or two from now when they're going to get a phone they're already hounding me and I really need to know about this data thing because literally they think it grows on trees. They have no idea what Wi-Fi is. It just makes the iPad connect to Roblox and Minecraft. They have no clue that it costs money. So Hey, let's get you on Project Fi. Do you want do you want to sign up? It's free. It's free to sign up. You don't have to pay anything, and you'll get a SIM card for doing so. Let's look at it. You can just go to reset.fm slash Project Phi, Use that URL and you get 20 bucks. And I've just clicked it and it's got more explanations than I could do. It's got this little see how much it costs thing you can slide back and forth. And I just murdered this plan <laughs> in the last five minutes. And you can just go to reset.fm slash Project Fi. Take a look at it. I love my Project Fi. I've been on it since, well, when it kind of sucked. When they were experimenting on us on trying to get the thing to switch networks and and do all that stuff, but it's it's a great service. I love it. I even have a tablet SIM in an uh, iPhone 6. I have a tablet SIM inside of a Jelly cell phone, which is a little Android phone, and I use it to text my kids on Hangouts. You can literally text and call that data SIM using Google Hangouts. And so if you want to... If he rides his bike to his friend's house, he grabs the jelly and says, Dad, got the phone, and boom, he's gone. And I text him, come to dinner, you know, whatever. Works great, man. Works great. All right, let's talk some storage. We got NAS in the news. QNAP has got Ryzen boxes. How cool is that? I so want to do an AMD build at home. And shoot, I should just buy a QNAP Ryzen-powered NAS. Oh, man. You could do some VMs in that. That would be really cool. So that's cool. I I I maybe. Hey Qnap. Are you listening? Ryzen. Send Dave a Ryzen. Okay, there. We did that. Synology has taken their apps that we talked about a couple of weeks ago and put them out. They're available for everybody. It's no longer in beta. The biggest one to me is called Synology Moments. It's a it's a photo app. It looks like I mean, the, the icon looks like everybody else's photo app, so you'll never mistake it for something else. But, you know, it it takes your photos on your phone. It puts them on your NAS, and it sorts them. You can search, and it group photos by topics, by people, by places. Really a slick app. I've been testing it on a brand-new uh, disk station. It's a 218, and it's really, really slick. Actually, I've been running Windows 10 inside of a virt- in a virtual machine on this, this Station 218. I upgraded it with RAM. Very phenomenal box. I totally recommend the DS218 from Synology. But you guys know that. I've told you before. But now, your Apple phone, your Android phone, you can back up to your own cloud. I think that's where we're headed. It's everybody wants their own cloud. I don't want to put my stuff out there on your cloud, and pay for it when I've got the NAS at home. It's my own thing. It's my own cloud. So, I get it. It's really cool stuff. Alright, Acronis has some news. They released this, okay, they've been talking about ransomware protection, right? Acronis, for the last year, or last two years, they've been talking about ransomware protection, but now they've got a free standalone version of an AI-based Acronis, and it Will stop ransomware attacks in real time and also help you recover your data. Now, always been a big fan of Acronis, and when I read you that statement, it's like real time. Wow, that's amazing. Well, you got to kind of get the software and play with it and, and see how they do it, right? So they have ways in which they do that, and in, in fact, some of the these other NASAs kind of do the same thing with their real time protection and real time backup right it doesn't mean that they're going to stop that malware protection in its tracks at your router and say no you can't come in here because we have a cronus but they're doing some real-time backup so in case your pc got stung right you've got that backup somewhere else hopefully that doesn't happen to you but a cronus is doing that so if you're using something like drive pool or you're doing your own Server, you know, 2012, 2016 server. Heck, you can just go with Windows 10 like I was doing and use Stablebit Drive Pool. Oh, you got to use Stablebit Scanner and Cloud Drive as well. Don't forget that. But what I'm saying is you can use Acronis with these type NASs as well. You know, your own, I mean, your homegrown NAS, your homegrown box, and your homegrown Acronis with ransomware protection. And Acronis is saying they monitor the system processes and if they see something pop up like a ransomware, or something crazy going on, they stop the attack and pop something up, block the process, and if any files were damaged, they can go straight back to the backups and restore them with just, bam, right then and there. So, man, that's crazy. Acronis, you got it going on. I. I use, right now, I'm backing up to a NAS on all my PCs. I, it's probably a good time for me to check that, right? Always got to follow up and check. So I'm re, I'm using real-time backup with Synology uh, Cloud Backup straight to the NAS. But it's not going to pop up and tell me, hey, Dave, you just got ransomware. So, so it's time. It's time that I put up or shut up and start using Acronis... What I should do is start backing up one machine with Acronis and see what it does resource-wise and how good it does. I definitely don't want to test it with (laughs) ransomware. So feedback to me in the forums, resetforums.com. Are you using Acronis? Have you upgraded to this new Acronis news? So let me know. Okay, it's time. Let's talk. Let's talk some CES and my visit with Netgear. Now... Netgear didn't have a booth. They were not on the show floor. They had, uh, what they've done in in past years is they get a a hotel room. Actually, they get a hotel floor. So this floor is like, it must be special for this type of event because I think it had a kitchen in it. And I'm not talking about any kitchen. I'm talking about like a service kitchen, right? It was really cool. The elevators popped out right to this room it's 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 a cool place if i'm not mistaken it's the same it's actually the same floor that they were on last year i'm pretty sure so you come in you kind of check in there's coffee makers there's fruit there's drinks there's folks sitting at tables there's a display of products there's a display of their awards that they have won at ces it's really a nice setup but the goods are around the corner so you meet up with either you know your netgear person your pr person whoever that you've been in contact with this is a you know you got to be on the schedule here this is invite and then you go through the gear and they have everything netgear does is there right every product they do that they're showing is there in front of you and you can choose the things that you want to look at like myself I dig the Nighthawk routers, right? I really do, but I didn't spend a whole lot of time with them. Or like the gaming routers. Maybe I should in in future years, but now we did talk with one, uh, uh, talk with a Nighthawk. We talked with someone about a Nighthawk router, and we'll talk about that too. But you know, I'm interested in readiness. I'm interested in their switching and their gigabit switching and their you know speeds beyond that and their cameras and their home automation all that good stuff. So let's talk about it. Their their big announcement at this show came before the show and it was the Orbi Wi-Fi system. Now you know I'm a big fan of the Orbi Orbi system. When I consult it is I I don't know how you say this. It is in, it's like in my tool belt, right? When I do consulting Orbi Wi-Fi is in my tool belt for homes and the Orbi Pro is in my tool belt for small business. It it's a good system and I I know how to I know how to use it, I know how to run it and I do recommend it when I consult. So, they added a new product to their Orbi portfolio. In technical terms, it's the RBS Y. Now this is the It's an add-on So you need to own Own? Am I British? You need to Maybe I'm Australian I don't know <laughs> Sorry You need to own An Orbi system already So this is an add-on It's the outdoor satellite So you can stay connected outdoors It covers 2,500 square feet outdoors I'm sure it can penetrate in as well Now this is not connected via Ethernet. This is connected via Wi-Fi and it requires an Orbi router, the RBR50, the 40, the 20, or the SRR60. Now, you can pair this with the SRR60 like I just mentioned. And if you didn't know, that is the Pro, the Orbi Pro Tri-Band Wi-Fi system. You can pair it with the Pro or you can pair it with the consumer, just the Orbi. Now that's that's handy especially for you small business guys that are going to consult this if your customers have like an atrium in a building or there's an out, outdoor portion that you need to light up like break room or you know anything like that you can light that up. Now don't forget you cannot mix and match Orbi with Orbi Pro. So you can't buy Orbi Pro and then add on you know, Orby adapters to it, but you can with this outdoor unit. So that was one thing that I noted that I thought was really cool. And, you know, one more tool in your tool belt. All right. This device is IP56 rated and you can rain on it all day long, but you cannot throw it in the pool, right? Do not submerge it. The demo they had going was it was wet, I mean this thing was getting rained on dumped on it was okay, so I've sold you on this, so let me let me back you up just a little bit because there are some cons now you're getting quality gear, right, but it comes at a cost it's three hundred twenty nine dollars It's shipping on Amazon as we speak, and in fact, one of the guys in the forums picked one of these up, so Jason has one and he he said he's two things he said he's got a bug that he's working with uh Netgear on and i don't know he hasn't followed up yet so i don't know if that's fixed or not he says when it works it's awesome and the other thing is the power plug is i think what he's saying is it is that big orby power plug which that thing's a monster right and that's what you don't want outside because you can't you can't hide it away you can't tuck it into a a waterproof enclosure so what he has done is he purchased so it's a single gang right a single gang meaning that vertical up and down electrical unit where you have two plugs so you plug that thing in and you cannot cover it with an outdoor weatherproof cover that covers only that single gang unit. You have to purchase the outdoor double outlet. So you need like the four outlet cover. And he says it covers it up with that. Now, I have not physically seen this and I can't give you any alternative solutions for that. So if you head out to the forums, there is a section uh, for this under CES and you'll be able to see an example that he's linked to on Amazon. It may be the one he bought and he probably got it at Lowe's or something, but you can see what we're talking about here. Slowly losing my voice talking about some net gear. So that's it. The, the price is a little high, 329 bucks, but you're getting a lot of bang for your buck. Yes, $329 in some wifi systems. You can buy three, you know, mesh units for that. So yeah, it's, it's expensive. Moving on, I spent a lot of time with the Insight guys, and when I t- when I say Insight, I mean it's the Netgear small business like gear program. So it's called Insight, and they have switches, obviously readiness, and they have managed wireless access points. Now you can look on Amazon today and get a box of three managed APs. For $259 bucks, i am not going to claim to know anything about these wireless access points they're 802.11ac they're Moomimo they're POE they don't come with a power adapter and they they support up to 40 users I don't know if that's per access point or all 3 in the system but I assume that that's probably per access point uh, at, at this price point Now, I'm going to start working with Netgear. I need to figure this out because, again, in my tool belt, I want to be able to do this. I have been in the the class of buy the Orbi and the Orbi Pro and just paint the area with power, right? Just smoke the area with power. And this is more of PoE back to the cloud switch, the Insight Netgear cloud switch, and light up individual areas, you know, or individual, like, meeting rooms. So I need to refine what I'm doing with my net gear, gear, as you would say. Now, having said that, they also have a line of switches, cloud-controlled, cloud-monitored switches, really good-looking switches. They come with PoE. Um, no, they come standard. They come with PoE and PoE Plus if you need it, and they're all cloud-monitored, and you can monitor it with the app. So we did some demos, and you know, I, I was like, well, let's break something. They were just saying, yeah, you know, this cloud, and this does this, and you can monitor it with this, and I said, let's just break something right here. And <laughs> they were like, um, uh, okay. They're like, unplug this, and it was pretty cool. The system, first of all, the switch where it was plugged into uh, started flashing, right? So you got a, a visual indication something was wrong. And then the app started freaking out. And then the notifications started. And then, of course, people in the room going, hey, what's going No, they didn't. Yeah, we made sure that we didn't unplug something you know, that would unplug their entire demo room. But it was really neat. I was really impressed. So what you could do is... You know, I would have that on my phone. And my customers, I could sell this as an upsell to my customers. Like, I'm going to be monitoring you for this amount of period. I will know if your stuff goes down. First of all, you will know if your stuff goes down. But myself as your consultant, I will know as well. I can hop onto your network from remote and I can help you out. That is a big upsell and it's a big comfort factor for some of these companies. So I liked that. You know, as as of this recording, Netgear's been in this business for 22 years on this small business side. And this portal releases in a month. So I'm thinking sometime in February, the web portal will be available. It is now in an app called Netgear Insight, which obviously you're going to get much more info in that web portal. So they're also targeting 2.5 gig switch ports and 5 gig switch ports. Now they also has s they also have I'm getting ahead of myself 10 gig switching for uh SFP ports so I'm honest I'm thinking man I need two of these in my house that's what I'm thinking one on each side of the house and connect them with fiber 10 gig in between yeah that's what I need ready NAS we talked a little bit about that they go anywhere from 2 bay to 60 bay if uh, or desktop rack btrfs block level backups i mean this is they've got it going on and i admitted to him right then and there i said i have been so laser focused on other companies that i've completely looked over readiness and i need to dig in to your box so hopefully that was that that Clue, like, hey, let's do some review of some readiness. So we need to um, we need to do that. February fourteenth is that what I'm reading in my notes for uh, the the small business switches, the insight switches. That's when it launches on the desktop. So let's let's keep that in mind. There are this pretty white switch. They're ergonomically cool. I don't, you know, they're not that blocky, blue, sharp cornered netgear switch they're white they're pretty they look cloud right they look like cloud and you can manage multiple locations with this insight desktop app that's pretty cool that's going to be that's going to be good for the small business guy and that's going to be good for you as you know a small business it guy and you as a larger getting into the enterprise it guy you can manage those remote locations for less you know, we're not talking about the big dollar router companies. We're not going to name any names, and their big expensive pricing. Now, this isn't free. This isn't free f- uh, from Netgear. You get you manage two devices for free. That's why I'm thinking it would be cool in my house to have those two switches. Could manage those two switches, you'd know the whole house if it was up or down. But when you add on anything else, it's going to be per device. There are going to be some small fees, but it's not astronomical at all. We talked a little bit more on the cameras. The Arlo and the Pro 2 is a 1080p camera. I was trying to get them on the uh, de- degree of uh, vision of the camera, and they were kind of unsure. 130 degrees is what we think of the field of view. 24-7 recording when it's plugged directly in power. You can do that. It will include a 3-second look back. That's an improvement. And it uses video to detect motion, and not infrared signals that's when you that's when you're uh, plugged in, that is it'll also give you three motion zones in the app. So motion zones is like if you're pointing this camera to your front yard, but it also is picking up the road, and every time a car goes by, it starts a recording. Well you can assign that as a motion zone, like, hey, I don't want the motion in this zone to trigger recording. But I want motion in this zone down here, which would be your sidewalk and your porch. Yes, record two forty nine for that, and it works with the old base as well. Works with your Alexa, IFTTT, Stringify has two way audio. You can listen, you can talk back. Seven days free of cloud storage, and it's shipping now. Now here's another thing about Arlo that just Kills me. I mean that's good stuff, but it's costly. Two-camera kit on Amazon is $440, $439.99. An add-on camera, 200 dollars It's it's high dollar stuff, kids. i that kind of that kind of gets me. I it puts me out of the game. It's it's too it's too costly per you know camera zone. But if you if you add up the prices of a PoE camera and mounting it and time and you know you're going to you might come down to $200 per camera so just just price it out and also PoE you got to have a back end something's got to record this thing and Netgear is going to give you 7 days rolling uh cloud storage so consider that too I try to Try to always think of that. Yeah, I always focus in on, oh, $200 per camera. Oh my God, that's way too expensive. I can get a POE camera for 100 bucks. Well, can you? <laughs> so there you have it. Okay, also before CES, Netgear announced a light. So they have an outdoor light. That, it's, an, it's Arlo branded, right? So it works hand in hand with the camera. It's... On the website, it says ships in spring, but I'm I, I'm hearing March to April, so expect April. It comes with a bridge for Wi-Fi, so I maybe I should have beat them up a little bit more about this. So there's a little bridge. Uh, think of the of uh, the Blink product with the sync bridge that you have to plug in and power and not power, but uh, sync these lights up. It's the same battery as the Arlo cameras, so that's one good thing. So you can have extra batteries and charge and replace these when they need it. Now you can the camera can trigger the light, or the light can trigger the camera. So that's important. So you could have, depending on the placement of your house, you could you know record some video if the camera turns on or vice versa. It should have multiple colors coming soon and floods and spotlights. So that's what I was told. You can do some kind of analytics on it. You can do scheduling. You can do it uh, with a solar solar panel. And it's supposed to be customizable with beam width. Maybe that's what they meant by flood or spot. And when I said analytics, I meant... I think that's coming soon. Like, is that a human or is that an animal? Should I turn on or not? And then it'll also go uh, do some like detection of glass breakage and things like that. So what comes in this thing and how much does it cost? So it comes with the kit has two security lights, two batteries, a cable to power it, an indoor uh, power cable uh, the bridge mounts screws and and all that all that kind of good stuff so let's pre-order it how much does the thing cost i'm seeing 250 bucks on amazon oh Amazon's saying may 15th so we're all wrong may 15th this thing gets revealed Motion sensor rechargeable multicolored LED works with A L E X A. 250 bucks. Now I don't this seems like a pretty good deal. Two lights, two hundred and fifty dollars. Not a bad deal. So let's move on. We're almost done here with Netgear. I looked at one of the routers. It was a Nighthawk. And it came with a new product that they were talking about called Armor. So this is Armor by Bitdefender, and it is that security mechanism on the router. Uh, URL blocking, you can block devices and infected devices. It'll do a vulnerability assessment, uh, default password detection. So if you put a camera on, you forget to change, you know, admin blank password, it's going to pop up. It'll also detect easy passwords. I guess this thing's going to be like trying to hack your network. I- Maybe I should have asked about that. We that would be fun to test. See if it works. It also comes with endpoint protection, meaning your endpoints, your computers, your tablets. It is compatible with Windows, Mac OS, iOS, and Android. That will come at a, as a cost. When I'm checking their website, it says the old price was 120 bucks. The new price is 70 bucks, and that's I. think, that that's unlimited devices so that's an extra thing that you're gonna have to pay for but that's i think no that's i'm showing one year oh that's one year okay so I, i take that back that may not i somewhere i had in my notes that that was unlimited and you were good good to go so we're gonna have to wait for that to hash out Right now, it's only on one device, and I don't even think it's out yet. It's on. It's coming for the Nighthawk R7000P router, and it's supposed to come to all the routers in the future, and some portion of this armor is supposed to come to Orbi, Orbi as well. So that's, that's good to know that you're going to get extra layers of security on Orbi. Now, if you didn't know, or if you haven't flashed your Orbi devices lately, it has Circle built into it. Circle Home is that product by Circle and partnered with Disney that is going to detect new devices onto your Wi-Fi network, even your Ethernet network. And it's also going to allow you to set up profiles of devices, so like an example, I have one child. he has a school iPad and a home iPad, and he has a profile and the internet turns off at a certain point in the day and it turns on in, at a certain point of the day. It also counts up the minutes he is online so if he goes over x amount of minutes, it turns off the turns off the internet for him. Of course, you can pause the internet that's the big thing. Hey, just pause the internet so everybody can come to dinner. Well, okay, it's got a little overrated there, but it also allows you to track what that device has looked at on the internet. And you could minimize, let's say, if you want to minimize Snapchat for a teen or something, you can say, hey, you know, you can only be on Snapchat X amount of time while you're home on the internet. So it, it gives you a lot of control of that device on the internet. If there's an app that's local, You know, they can still pick up the phone and dig through pictures and photos and and do that kind of stuff. You're not minimizing screen time, you're minimizing online time and you're tracking that online time. And you can also buy uh, a product called Circle Go, and that allows you to see what that device is doing out on LTE networks when it leaves the home. Basic is free. Uh, premium includes the bedtime uh time schedules rewards, and that is four ninety nine a month so that 's four ninety nine a month now if you buy circle home as a separate box it 's a hundred bucks and you get all of that included so it 'll take you a little while to at four ninety nine a month to build up to um you know hundred dollars so you can also buy Circle Go, and that's $4.99, I think, a month, and you get five devices. So it's going to be also on the R7000P, and it's, of course, on the Orbi uh, as it is right now. I have not checked it out on the Orbi right now I because I'm kind of afraid of mixing the streams, so to speak, because I have a Circle on my network. Now, I have it on the Ethernet network and not the wireless network. And that's for speed reasons. You have to trick it into getting on your Ethernet network and not on your wireless network. So you have to build a separate SSID, a separate network, for it to join via wirelessly. Join it that way, and then plug it into your local switch right beside your router. Don't put it far off. Put it right beside your router. Same switch. And then it'll, it'll talk over that ethernet so i was looking back through uh netgear's website and it looks like it comes on a lot more routers than i thought so a lot of the nighthawk routers and of course the orbi wi-fi systems as well that's cool if you want to know more about this stuff just head up to the netgear uh website and and find the orbi find circle with disney and you'll be able to see they've got videos they've got all kinds of good stuff that shows you more if if i didn't handle it for you you, there's always more to be uh to be found out there and there's a lot of chat about circle on the reset forum so i've i've used it since the you know the day it came out it's it's a pretty decent box okay i think we're done it was a good time with Netgear. I appreciate them showing me all their good stuff. They, uh, again, is another company that's very proud of what they do. You get to talk to people that work on the product right there in their suite, right? And you're not talking with PR folks. I'm talking with the people that designed, and I was able to talk to the girl that redid the box for uh, Arlo. I thought that was really cool because Arlo has a real bad box. I told him, I was like, man, I do not like the the retail packaging for your cameras. It's a pain. And they're like, yeah, you know, we kind of had to do this and this and this. And it's retail, so it's different. I "I get it. So they're really cool folks. And uh, I appreciate them giving me a lot of time to ask questions, take notes, take pictures. Uh, It was a real good time with Nicker. I think I'm done. I'm done with the po- the podcast. That's it. Uh, late breaking news: the Pixel Book, the review unit, has been summoned home. Ah! So I was just telling you earlier in the show how much I loved the Pixel Book and I love working on it. So I I need to wipe it and send it back. So it's time to send it back. The big question would be, Dave, would you buy one or not? So that's what remains to be seen. Let's see how the next, you know, few weeks goes before I drop a grand on a Pixelbook on a Chromebook. So, it may be time to just sit and wait and see what else comes out. You know, we're we're coming up to uh Mobile World Congress where Samsung is supposed to announce their wares and I've seen some news about a Chromebook that is screen only. That's exciting. So, maybe maybe I should just wait and see if there are some competitors because this is a reference device. Companies are supposed to do what Google is saying, "Hey, come up with some cool stuff and and sell it, you know, get it out there. Get that Chrome OS going." So, let's talk about a build. So, I just built a PC, and I haven't built a PC, in such a long time. Now, if you've missed the last two episodes of Reset, you need to go back and listen to all of them. Actually, I'm more of referring to the non-CES episode, the one before that, where I talk about why I think the mining bug has taken a hold of me. And it's, it's weird, because I got back into building PCs. Not only was I finding all the crap around my house that I could shove a video card into but i got bit by hey i would like to build a rig build a mining pc that's that's all it does is mine okay now why why would you want to do this dave so i got i picked up a card in what late september a 1060 gpu started mining with it just let it run i let it run and i got to the point where i was like wow i should i need another card so i tried to stick another card into that pc and it wouldn't take it because it was old all right so i dug up another pc in the house stuck it in that it's mining so two computers are mining one card each i ran into another card Got it for a good price. Tried to stick it in that second PC. Wouldn't take it. It's old. I don't know why, but it wouldn't take this card. It just would not accept it and go on its merry way to mine with two GPUs. Fine. I dug around, found another computer. So I've got three computers rolling. By the time this was said and done, I had four machines cranking away, one with Two cards and three computers with one card each. Not efficient whatsoever. So I started doing that thing that you do when you build a new PC. And that's you start shopping. You shop Newegg. You shop Amazon. You look around at fries. You look around at everywhere you can get parts. You look at what you have already and you start pricing it. Well, when you're building a mining PC you start pricing it via roi right what is your what is going to be your return on investment of this gear that you're buying when you're buying a gaming pc or a server you just you know you're either getting budget or maybe you're going to you know build the best that you can get there's a specific methodology you follow in that build when you're doing mining pc builds there is as well you have certain requirements But you're also thinking, what is going to be my return on investment? So there is a post in the reset forums where I laid it all out. I said, if I was going to build a mining PC, this would be it right here motherboard, RAM, CPU, and power supply. There's a few other little nitpicky parts in there that we'll talk about as well. But why are you stopping there, Dave? You don't have a video card, you don't have a case. You don't have keyboard, mouse, okay? Or a hard drive, for that matter. So we're going to try to save some money. Now, if you have been a PC builder and a server builder and a storage guy for the last five years like I have been, you've got stuff laying around, especially hard drives. So I've got cases. Well, let's back that up. I've got a hard drive that I can throw in this thing. And for the case... I'm not really going to be able to fit six video cards onto this motherboard and shove it into a box. So I'm going to build an open-air frame to mount everything. So I did this. I did. I, I went ahead and I purchased the motherboard. I purchased the stick of RAM, the cheapest CPU I could get that would power this system, and I built the rest of the the paraphernalia that you need. So let's talk about the frame. The frame I dug around on the internet internet looking at different frames people were building. People are building them out of wood, milk crates, stuff from Ikea, shoe racks. Can you believe that the cost of a shoe rack has increased because people are buying them up creating these open-air racks. It's crazy. Milk crates makes a nice non-conductive case. A lot of people buy these wire shelf racks, which I currently own a couple. I didn't know I could use them as mining. But they're good for hanging video cards. Plastic shelves and wire rack shelves. You can literally zip-tie 12 GPUs to one shelf and on the bottom shelf put all the gear you just have to cover it something with something so nothing will conduct electricity you know from the motherboard to the to the rack but you've got one whole rack and you can do that like twice on a on a rack or you can build these little wooden frames and they look weird so they have a, a rectangular bottom and then they have these it looks like a shoe rack so it's one tree of wood at about 4 inches of height, and another tree of wood at about 9 to 12 inches of height. And that's what you place the video cards on. So you suspend them in the air on these wooden-like tree shelves. Look on the reset forums for my photos. And then you start plugging those into the motherboard via a system called a riser. Now what a riser does is it is a PCIe by one card, and it has a USB cable on it USB 3 cable and port. And you plug that into the PCIe slot, no matter if it's an X1 or an X16, you plug that in. Get it oriented correctly, please, because it is short. And then that goes up to an adapter that plugs onto the bottom of the video card, which is a by 16, it's a full PCIe slot. And then that plugs into that. And now you need to power that card via the power supply. You can power it via SATA, 6-pin, or a Molex power. The preferred method is 6-pin or a Molex. Some of the SATA connections were the card was drawing so much power under stress that it was melting those SATA. Uh, molded cables they say that these SATA crimped connections are fine but the molded ones were melting and then catching fire or shorting out and burning up the card or burning out the motherboard that was also brought to my attention this has been a learning phase by uh trig in the forums and he he has kind of been active in this mining thing there in the reset forums uh as well. So there's a spot for the motherboard sitting on wood, actually sitting on standoffs. I mounted standoffs on it. So it, it's like really mounted with screws. And then power supplies are mounted. The hard drive is mounted to the wood frame. And the six video cards are mounted to the wood frame. So you plug in the motherboard that I purchased has onboard video. So you're firing the monitor with onboard video and not using video from one of the NVIDIA GPUs. Now, there's a couple of pros and cons here. That takes up additional resource resources that I don't need to be using. Now, I could remove that and just do complete remote access. I could do that. But this has been a learning phase for me. And just to drop 10 or 20 hash... To do that is, I, I don't want to do that now. It did take me a while to get the GPUs and the onboard video to play nicely together. I will not. I will admit that it took probably longer than you know a seasoned veteran. It took me longer to get this thing up and running, but I also was very methodical in my preparation of Windows. The Windows does a lot of things against you when you want to mine. Like restart in the middle of the night, right? To apply an update. Uh, Bitdefender, uh, taking your files away from you uh, because it thinks it's you know a Trojan or something. Updates, auto login, auto start mining, uh, page lock, system, virtual memory. You have to set that correctly. There's all kinds of little things you want to set and you want to take away all of the little communications that Windows does back you know, to the mothership and disable Cortana. Everything that's going to be resource-intensive, you disable. You disable audio, all kinds of stuff. You don't need it. Don't take the resources I need to make this machine make money, right? That's what it's about. You're mining coin. Now, the motherboard that I purchased also has M.2 slots. And I say slots because it has two. Two M.2 SSD adapters. I don't know if you call it SSD or not, but high-speed drives, right? I would love to have a rig that, like my daily driver PC, that has an M.2 card for a hard drive because I want it to be fast. But I did not buy that for this. I got this motherboard specifically because you can buy an M.2 adapter that changes that M.2 slot into a PCIe x4 slot. And then you put in the riser that we talked about earlier. Now, I haven't done that yet. I have six GPUs in there. I haven't messed around with the M.2 slot. Specifically, I'm having trouble. My voice is giving out, guys. Specifically because I got the six cards to boot, to play nicely, I got them mining, I got them benchmarked, they are out there making money, and then I got them OC'd, I got them overclocked, not by much, but just by a little bit, so I got them hooked up to a mining pool, and I don't want to take them off, I don't want to take them off just for a split second to mine with the second card, I or with that seventh and eighth card. I hope I am able to do that, and I will do that in the future. I just need to be ready, right? I don't have that card available. Yeah, the the card is in my upstairs PC right now, and it's it's busy. It's working, so it's not like it's sitting out. If it was sitting out, yes, I would take some time in order to do that, but I haven't done it yet. All of this gear is listed on a post that I put in the Cryptocurrency and Mining section called my uh, 2018 Mining Rig Open Air Case Build. And it's an ASRock, an ASRock motherboard that I got for, I think, either 109 or 119 and it has a $10 rebate. Stick of RAM is $50. Bucks. The CPU I purchased... Here's the funny part. I purchased... It's an LG eleven fifty one, so it's not the latest and greatest package. It it backs one step right. It's DDR four RAM on the mobo, and it is a sixty dollar processor. It's the uh, KB Lake dual core. It's about a three two point nine gigahertz uh, Celeron processor. Nothing fancy whatsoever. Well, that's that CPU has not come in yet. It's supposed to arrive as I record this. So, we're going to have to back up a little bit more to explain this. I was trolling uh, the Nextdoor app and Craigslist for video cards. And I ran across a Dell computer. This Dell computer was a Core i3 with 6 gigs of RAM and a one-terabyte hard drive in a small mini-tower package retails $350. It was listed as new open box just for pictures, and they were asking $250. I procured said Dell computer for $200. I thought, you know what, this is a score and a half. I got this brand new computer, comes with mouse, comes with keyboard, for $250. Now, I did my research. I know the pitfalls going in to this computer. My goal was to put two cards in it and have it mine as my, like, testing box. Well... Come around, and I stop testing, and I'm just mining with it, right? So I, I kind of just started mining. What I had to do, it took one card so easy, right? Plop it in there, mining, great. Put a second card in there. I had to use a riser. I had to splay this little Dell computer open and put a riser on it. Now, I tried to do a third card, and it wouldn't take it. When I did the third card, started mining, it would detect it. It would start mining, and all the cards would drop off the bus, Bam, done, so I just said, the heck with it, two cards it's running great, and it's making money hand over fist right for this two hundred dollar little dealt. well, there were also some problems right it i It wasn't underpowered because yes, it only had a two hundred and I think maybe a two forty watt um power supply i stuck a second power supply on the second card to make sure it had all the juice that it needed. And I put a switch on it, and so I would turn on that power supply, and then I would turn on the Dell, and it would mine like crazy. It worked great. There are limitations on these custom Dell PCs, right? The power supply being one. It actually didn't have the output wires to power anything else. Like, ow, I can't plug anything else into this thing there were no more fan headers on the motherboard, right? There was actually an extra SATA port. So I could have done that. And there may have been an extra SATA power. I can't remember. But it was very limited. But I knew this going in. Because when I researched it, I looked at everything. I got motherboard shots, uh, manuals, and everything. I knew my limitations going in. My ultimate goal was to run three cards as a dev box and play with it. And I ended up running two cards uh, with it. Now, it's got a Core i3 LGA 1151 socket on it. And I'm thinking, hmm, maybe I'll just pull that CPU out of that box and put it into my mining machine, that Core i3. It was mining on the i3 processor as well. So I I could squeeze 40 to 50 cents a day out of that little core i3 processor. That doesn't sound like much, and it's not. It's probably not even worth stressing the CPU uh, to do that. But it's sitting there in that Dell, so I thought I'm going to take all the systems down and uh, take the Dell down, take the processor out, take the RAM out, put it in my new mining box, and off we go. <clears throat> so first hurdle was the RAM in the Dell is DDR3. So can't use that. Okay. The Core i3 processor. I took pictures of this Dell where everything was plugged in because it's got some weird plugs here and there. And I pulled I pulled the CPU out. Great. I need the CPU. i like, oh, crud. I don't have a backplate for the cooling fan, so <laughs> I had to yank the motherboard out and pull the plastic backplate off of it, fit right onto the ASRock ASRock, uh, motherboard that I purchased, and the Core i3 processor fired up like a champ. So the Dell, the poor Dell, is just laying everywhere. This little PC parts everywhere. So when the Celeron (laughs) processor is delivered, it's going to get put back into the Dell, and I hope that, that little BIOS in the Dell is not so specialized that it'll recognize it and play with it. So that is my hope, that it will fire back up. And once again, it will be my dev PC for me to mess around with and play with. So I already have cards lined up for this Dell. I'm experiment, experimenting with Radeon cards. Now, Radeon cards are different than NVIDIA cards, where NVIDIA, you just fire up uh, like an Afterburner overclock app, set your fan speeds, set your core clock, set your memory speed, whatever you want to do. You can undervolt, you can overvolt. You know, if you're gaming, you can have one setting. If you're mining, you can have another setting. And you can do multiple cards. If you have like cards, like a couple of 1060 cards, you can say, hey, set them all at plus you know plus 250 uh, memory clock or however much overclock that you, that card; those cards will handle before they start losing hashes or and you know producing errors. You need to watch that as well. It, that's pretty simple. Now Radeon cards, much more involved, much more involved. Radeon cards. Check this out. These cards have special drivers for mining, special BIOSes that you can flash into it for mining, as well as special programs that you can look up the memory clock and increase the memory clock and increase the voltage on that. Now, you can also overclock these things with um, like MSI Afterburner. You can do that as well. The preferred method is using a separate program in which to set the overclocks and then watch with yet another program to see if the GPU memory is spitting out errors. You can actually watch it happen in real time. You can increase the clock and watch for the errors, and you'll see your hash rate drop as well if you've gone over what that card's memory can handle. It's pretty neat. I, I was really intrigued by the Radeon cards, and the reason I got into this is every time I would go to Fry's, there would also, there were, there's no, no video cards, none whatsoever. There's always a couple of cheap NVIDIAs and a couple of cheap Radions. But there were always these RX 550s and these RX 500 cards. So I started looking at them, and I started looking at what people were doing with them, overclocking them. And you can get the hash rate in an RX 550 about the same as an NVIDIA 1050 if you tweak it. So, I'm like, hmm. So, if you're doing a Monero like XMR stack miner, you can get 300 hash per second out of that card. Now, that's going to give you anywhere from one dollar to maybe, if you're pushing it, I mean, super hard, up to a buck fifty per card per day. So, there you have it. I've laid out all of my goods, all of my, all of my secrets. I do have a post on how I, you know, prepped the computer. I just haven't, it's it's in my head. I haven't written it all. You know, the programs that I used and every step that I took, which I had to take multiple steps because I kept getting things wrong. I had to flash the BIOS. Actually, I flashed the BIOS to an older revision, not a new revision. Chris Kinney in the forums led me to a guy who had posted that he, uh, did that. He was having trouble getting multiple GPUs to be recognized. I was as well. He said he changed the BIOS to an older BIOS. So I just did that immediately. But I still had some troubles and I figured out I had set uh, a setting in the BIOS and when I flashed it, it reset it. It didn't tell me it reset it, but it did. And that took me a while to catch. I don't know why. Maybe it's because I'm rusty. I haven't done a build in a long time but it did reset all my BIOS settings. <laughs> You're going to laugh at me. This is the first computer that I have owned that has a BIOS that you can use a mouse in. You know, all of my stuff is so decrepitly old. The last computer I built is sitting beside me. It's a first-generation Core i7 motherboard, and it is old. It. It took two video cards, but (laughs) it's old. And that was my 2012 server back in the day. There's a post on that. I need to dig that out. There's a post on it. And it's my Windows daily driver. And, of course, right now it is not only mining, but uh, writing plots to an external hard drive for my burst server. We'll talk about that soon. I promise you. Um, But that is my mining rig. And it is it's going pretty well. It was generating very good coin via Nice Hash, generating Bitcoin, and I've changed over to a Monero coin uh, in another mining pool that I've kind, kind of gotten caught up in. That I kind of enjoy the camaraderie of. It's not as it's not as profitable as Nice just. Going direct, nice hash, but there is potent There's always potential for that coin to increase in value, right? So if you do the the hodl, the hold, like I've done with, uh, uh, I first started with this group on Electronium, so ETN, and everybody in this group is pretty bullish on. Is it bullish or bearish? Yeah, everybody likes it. They're holding it. See that's how that's how bad I am with uh, trading. Everybody is pretty bullish on this coin, increasing in value, and I, I am too. I've cons- convinced myself that this is the coin to hold. This is the coin to buy, and so I've actually bought some with the Bitcoin that I that I made off of NiceHash, and we mined together as a group this coin, and. I'm holding it. So I just hopefully it'll go up in value. Well, I, I'm done ho- I'm done generating. I need to pull it back down to a paper wallet because I have it out on an exchange right now. So I need to pull that down and make it as safe as possible. Oof, I forgot about that. I need to do that. Paper wallet time here I come. That's there's a lot to do in mining. If you're not in mining yet, there is a lot for you to learn. There is a ramp-up period of building and hardware and there's also this period that we're in where you can't find gpus when jim drugged me to the local fries jim collison of the average guy.tv when he drugged me down to fries to buy a 1060 he's like dave you need a 1060 let's get you mining i'm like whatever jim whatever i had no idea at this point what the hell i was getting into He, we bought the 1060, it was $216, and he's like, oh wow, that's a little expensive, that's like $10 more than what I paid, (laughs) and it had a $10 rebate. Looked on Amazon, it was $199, so it's like, you know, bird in the hand, I've got the card here, I've got Jim here, he's going to help me set up. We sat in my basement for the next two or three hours, figuring out how to mine this card, and Got it going and just Jim left and it just started spitting out Bitcoin, right? I never touched it. I was just like, every once in a while I'd look at it. Is it still running? All right, whatever. And then I don't know when the bug actually hit me to go big. I think maybe it was when NiceHash got hacked, right? When NiceHash got hacked and you couldn't mine with NiceHash anymore. Then I was like, well, this card's sitting here and it's not doing anything. I need to get it doing something. Then I started digging around. That's when it hit me. What was my point? Oh, the GPU prices. So now you can walk into Fry's. There's no cards. Empty. It is barren. Everybody is getting into this. Everybody's bought GPUs. You look on YouTube. It is amazing. People are buying GPUs have already bought not 260 not 1060s the $200 card we're talking about they bought the $600 card this was back in the day the price the 1080s and the 1080TIs these cards generate bitcoin man they pump it out and they buy these things at 6 12 20 at a time amazing and they generate income now these cards are hard to find. Like I said, I'm on the Nextdoor app. I'm on Craigslist. When I got to Vegas for CES, what's the first thing I did? Bam, I I jumped on Craigslist. I had found a 1060 that somebody pulled out of their HP computer and was selling it. And when I contacted the person, I didn't get a good vibe, right? I thought I looked up the address. He gave me the address. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm about to be rolled, right? I was like, well, we'd meet in a public place. But then I've got this video card that I can do nothing with for the next week. I cannot verify it, so I didn't buy it. I actually went to Fry's. Fry's had some 1050 TI's. And I bought a 1050 Ti. Those Ti bo- those Ti machines, you can overclock the crap out of them, and they just keep pumping out uh, the hashes for you. So you got to be resourceful. You, you look on eBay. Newegg sells on eBay. I swear to God, it's a scam. Right? They won't sell it for the regular price that it was, you know, three months ago. But they will. They mark it up, and they're selling it on eBay as new. I've bought a couple of cards like that. So it is marked up. 1060s are now 300 bucks at a minimum. And the, and the prices keep going up. But you can plug them into your ROI machine and you can still project income to pay that card back. And you still have a tangible asset in which to use or sell. So it's still there. It's still happening. There's still demand. And the gamers are pissed. Gamers want their, <laughs> want their cards back on the shelves so they can play PUBG or you know, whatever's going I know that's on the Xbox. So they can play all the games that they want on their PC. And I, I do. I feel bad for them. I do. Because if there's a card on the shelf, I want to buy it too. Maybe three at a time. And these guys just want to buy one, right? So you have to be resourceful. Some guys are selling their cards some guys maybe you bought a 1080ti to game with and yeah you're not gaming as much as uh, you used to man sell it you can almost double your money with that one card it's it's pretty amazing it's a crazy time i think that's it for now that i'm going to talk about i've got uh more to talk about with you on mining uh, pools, how to do, how to do your windows, how to put the put this stuff together. Go out to the forums. I, if you are doing this, please go out to the forums and join us in conversation. I have created a club. It's if you look at the top of Reset Forums, there is a tab called Clubs. Click on that club, and there is a cryptocurrency club, and it is. It looks like it's closed, but it's not. You just have to request to join. If you're a member of the forums and you're interested, we're talking about it in this club. So we're talking about it a little more in-depth than we are in the regular forums. I'm just trying. This is like a test of these clubs, and I may release this to the general public to create clubs. Now, what I don't want to do is I don't want to create so many clubs that there's so many private conversations that... You don't get the benefit of search engine optimization. You don't get to have good information in the forums. I don't want to take away from that. So this is kind of a test. But we are talking about what's the next coin, uh, trading, how to you know use the exchanges. Uh, it, it, it's good stuff. It's fun. I, I am enjoying this. But there is a lot to it. All right? There's a lot to it. So if you've made it this far, then that means you're at least somewhat interested in this. The first step I want you to take is go to reset.fm slash coin. Do that for me. Start mining on your browser window. You can mine on one browser window in your house. And then if you're like me, then you go to Fry's in the Apple Store and you start their browsers <laughs> mining for you uh, before they find it. And... uh you can start on earning that JSE coin, that JavaScript-enabled coin. Reset.fm slash coin. You get a bonus, I get a bonus. So all good fun. I'm glad you made it this far. It, it excites me. I'm having a good time, and I want to talk to you about this stuff. Not only all the CES fun that we have, but I want to talk to you about cryptocurrency and mining. Get in those forums. Discuss. Show me your pictures. I want to see your rigs. I want to see the crazy stuff you've created. and I, I'm, I'm showing you mine. It's a mess, but I had fun building it. I learned a lot and I'm sure there are more there's more to learn. And I've got this post I'm working on, and it's a, a little box to mine with. and we're gonna mine with hard drives, CPUs, and GPUs in this post. And I think that I'm what I'm doing is I'm creating this post and I'm nailing it down on paper for me to purchase, right? Just like I did on my open air rig. I'm nailing it down for me to purchase, and then we'll see how it performs via my paper estimates. So I'd love for someone else to join me too. You know, come and jump in the pool. Thanks for listening. This has been Reset 41. We'll see you in the forums. This has been reset.